this morning, might we prepare our hearts as Mary Eller comes to pray for us this morning. From your Holy Spirit, that as the Bible is read and your word is preached, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. 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 about community and this morning in particular we're going to talk about um, just the power of young people within our community and the various ways in which they make us better and so this morning as we hear from Luke chapter 18 uh, my dear brother Jean is going to come to um, share with us words from uh, this gospel lesson where Jesus reminds us of the power of children in our midst Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. People were bringing even the infants to him that he mighty touch him, touch them. And when the disciples set, saw him, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called them and said, let the children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. This is the word of God for, the, for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Probably one of my favorite things to do in um, this collective body is to baptize children. And I love baptizing children because you may recognize that when we bring a child to the baptismal font, we don't say anything different over a child than we say over an adult. We don't ask any different questions for adults than we ask for parents who are making vows on behalf of their child. Even the blessing over children is the same as it is for those who are adults. After we have baptized a child in the name of uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we then say this, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Six-month-olds, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Three-year-olds, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. To 46-year-olds, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Because we know the Spirit to be an equal opportunity giver. Then after we offer up the blessing, um, for children who are not able to walk by themselves, we walk that child up and down um, the aisle. And you know what? Our natural tendency when we walk children up and down the aisle is for us to go, oh. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. But what if after we have conferred over a child, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, what if after we told you, here are the dreams that a parent has for their child to show up just in the world, graceful in the world, joy-filled in the world, loving in the world, that our awe would turn to ah. 
wow, who will this child be? Not one day, but for us right now. <laughs> what is the power that we might see within them? Not just awe, but awe. There is a danger of downsizing the power that resides within children. I recognize that children have limits. I cannot ask Mary Eller, who just prayed, to drive me to the store. That would be reckless. <laughs> I could not ask John, who read the scripture, to hold all my emotional labor. That would be unfair and also cruel. But just because children have limited capacity doesn't mean that they don't have power. In Psalm chapter 8, the psalmist says this, the babbling of infants and out of the mouth of babes, God establishes a bulwark. Some translations say that even the babbling of babes is like a strong tower. The cooing of children gets God's attention. The humming of children has, is, is like spiritual language to God. It is to say that when God creates all of us, and when we know ourselves to be very good because we are God's creation, whether you are one day old or whether you are coming to the very end of what it is to live life in the here and now, you get God's attention. But in Luke chapter 18, there was not that type of acknowledgement of children. There's this great disparity. It says that people are bringing children, even infants, to Jesus and the disciples. The disciples sternly shoo the people away, discourage folks from bringing their children to Jesus. Now, the reason being is that the disciples lived within a social climate where children were grossly marginalized. That's why they even say even infants I mean, children who uh, did not have power, literally did not have power within that particular social strata. In the same way that women might have been considered uh, property, children were also considered the lowest on the social rung. So when Jesus reprimands those who are limiting children's access to them, there are two incredibly distinct things that you need to hold on to in Luke chapter 18. First, Jesus is making a statement to um, the social strata. When Jesus is like, no, 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 let the children come. Jesus is saying, the way in which you have chosen to order this world is not right. In the way in which I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly, even children have access to me. Which means that though you might see them as property, and though you might see them as the lowest on the social rung, that is not how I see them, nor how you should see them. So Jesus is making a particular statement, which we need to heed, because we live in a country that loves to say, we love children, we love children, we love children, we love children, but then we will let our children's bodies be collateral. And Jesus says, uh-uh, let them have access to the things that bring life and life more abundantly. So when you hear a whole lot of talk about how much we love children, but you don't see the walk of the walk about how we care for children, you need to say, uh-uh, there is a disparity in that. This is not kingdom. It's incongruent to the way in which Jesus shows up 
in the world. The second thing that is so interesting about Jesus' posture is that Jesus is not a parent of any of these children, but Jesus has something to say to those who are not parents of these particular children. So out of Jesus' social location, Jesus is talking to others who may not see themselves naturally as guardians. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Even if these are not your children, what you won't do <laughs> is limit their access. So it's not just one who has children who can say something about how we also care for children, even to those who may not have children. But the thing that is, um, the word that we need to heed is that Jesus tells the disciples and those who are in the hearing of Jesus' voice how they need to treat children. It's not simply so that they can be kind or nice. It's because Jesus' life, your very salvation is wrapped up and the ways in which children model their lives. If you want to know to whom the kingdom belongs, basically who embodies the kingdom, you better take a good look at the ones that you are shooing away. You need to be very mindful of who you think is on the lowest of the social rung, who you have in your imagination said, they have nothing to give to me except for an aww, aww. Jesus says, the very kingdom is how these children live out their lives. What I want you to know is that kingdom or kingdom is not a place. So Jesus isn't like, oh, they show us what heaven is like. That's not what we mean by, by kingdom. Whenever Jesus says the kingdom is at hand or the kingdom is near, Jesus is talking about a way of living that reflects the way God um, moves and, uh, and, and works in the world. So there are um, some, uh, some times earlier in Luke's gospel where it says the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus is saying this to individuals, meaning like you can touch Jesus. Jesus who is the reflection of God, the guardian. Jesus is like, if you watch how I live my life, you see what kingdom looks like. So we are kingdom people every single time we are graceful. We are kingdom people every single time we are loving. We are kingdom people when we move in the direction of a long obedience and we choose to be just. We are kingdom people whenever we, um, uh, we, we, we make our circles wider and, and we don't push people to the margins. This is what it looks like for the kingdom of God to draw near. It's not some, and then one day we go to this place. The kingdom is now among us. And Jesus says, these children, can't you see how these little ones live like children of light? Where we are resistant, do you see where they're open? Where they're willing to try, do you see where we sometimes hold ourselves back? Where we close ourselves off to joy, do you see how they lean into laughter? To such as these belong the kingdom. And this morning, as we continue to emphasize what it looks like to make space in our community for all those who bless this community and offer their gifts in this community, 
if we do not look, if we do not look, we will miss out on the opportunities of recognizing the power that is at work in and through the children in our midst. We will miss out on glimpses of kingdom right in front of us. Some of you are stewarding kingdom under your roof. Some of us are affected by kingdom in the classrooms. Or when we come into the presence of young people in our lives. I rock with kids. I like kids, okay? Um, and I have often said as a person who was called to be child-free, I did not feel called to have children, and I know that was a, a distinct call from God. I oftentimes say um, I didn't have to have children in order to have children. Y'all had them, and I just love them. <laughs> and I send them right on home to you like this. Bye-bye. I really do love kids. Um, and during the pandemic in particular, because we were not so distracted, I feel like one of the gifts that God gave to many of us is actually watching the lives of children. Because here we are living through a global trauma. And as an adult, not always knowing what to do. And then imagining, what would it be like if I were eight years old, or five years old, or a newborn, or a teenager, or someone who's graduating from high school, also living through a global worldwide pandemic, when here I am on Marco Polo every morning with Margaret Brunson trying to figure out how I'm going to get my life together, <laughs> when you can't go anywhere and you can't take trips. I watched children first just recognizing that they were the last in our communities to get vaccinated. And yet there were so many kids, especially in this church community, who were willing not only to get vaccinated, but also to, to take pictures and um, to help quell the fears of maybe other children who might be a little bit afraid of having to get vaccinated. There was a lot of awe that I saw in children. And I want to share some of the things that I've seen. And this list is not exhaustive, and I'm not going to use last names because I'm not going to get myself in trouble with anybody. But how Jude, who is um, a young man in our community, operates with such tenderness, reclaiming that boys don't only have to be boys. That there isn't always got to be this struggle or strife or power over in order to show up in the world. How Zoe celebrates herself at every turn, reminding each and every one of us that maybe we need to also celebrate ourselves to want to show people all of the pictures of us. <laughs> How Asher during the pandemic would read via FaceTime to preschool children so that their parents could have a little reprieve to cook or to clean. How Elaine and Bo, when they give hugs, they give hugs that heal. How Joshua and Caleb were so willing to offer themselves through clinical trials so that we um, might have what we need. 
how Harper and Hattie were some of the first individuals in our church community as young people um, to want to quell the fears of other young people who wanted to get vaccinated. How June has been praying over this worship service and has chosen to be our intercessor today and how her presence is like a balm of Gilead. How Eli never misses a moment to leave it all out there on the dance floor. How Coltrane and Callum are the embodiment of black boy joy and right where this communion table is located, jumped and bounced like their joy dependent on it. How Scarlett has a way of offering a word that makes you feel so seen. How Emery has a smile that can move mountains. How Eliana sees everything through the eyes of wonder. How Ryan and Leah are the original hype women. I look good, good on my mama. How Leah and Hannah and Joshua take so seriously what it is to be servants of hospitality. You may not know any of these children, but just know that we are a better community. We are a kingdom community because of them. So here are the things I might invite you to do. We are not going to be those who shoo them away, but instead reduce barriers that they might have access to life and life more abundantly, not just for the children, in this church community, but that all children might know what it is to have access to life and life more abundantly. So thank a child. Offer gratitude for the gift that a child might be or a young person might, might offer you in your life. Secondly, this morning we're going to have an opportunity because our beautiful director of um, families with children created these prayer bracelets that you can take one of them so that you can be praying for a child or children within our community. You don't have to wear it as a bracelet if that's not your thing. I'm not trying to mess up, you know, if you're like, I gotta have it all silver or all gold. <laughs> not trying to mess you up. I want you to be able to celebrate yourselves. But I will not forget how Richie placed that bracelet around um, in his car so that he could be praying for the child every single time he was driving. Pray for these children. And may it be that as we see the power unleashed in the children's lives that are in this community and beyond this community, as we see with new eyes, with kingdom eyes, what kids can do, may it be that we would see them with ah. And not just ah, and recognize that we are awesome because of them. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we do give you thanks and praise for the babbling of babes that's like a strong tower before you. We thank you for the young people in our church community, for the ones, um, God, who are making us a better, more just, more loving more joy-filled, more laughter-filled community, for the power that is at work within the young people in this community, and for the ways in which who they are makes us who we are, and we are the better for it. God, I pray that you would help us to be the kind of people who are good, 
who are kind, who are just, who are just models, who are open to the young people in our midst, that this relationship would be one of mutuality, that we pour out, but we also allow our lives to be poured into because of who they are. And God, for children beyond this community that the world does not know how to see rightly, oh, that you would haunt us with a holy restlessness until all children here and beyond might know what it is to taste and see that you are a God who is against anything that steals or kills or destroys but that for all of us, from the youngest to the oldest, you promise life and life more abundantly. May it be so. In your strong name, O oh God, that we pray. Amen.